Well, I'm very excited this morning to be celebrating the Feast of St. Polycarp with all of you. St. Polycarp is uh, one of the very, very ancient saints who's uh, very near and dear to my heart. Um, he's very instrumental, I think, in my own spiritual journey um, in, in what regards too much to kind of get into, but we'll talk about him a little bit. He is, uh, comes at a very interesting time because he's a perfect bridge between the apostles and the age of the church. He actually was uh, ordained into the Episcopal office. He, he was made a bishop by St. John the Evangelist, who's you know our own patron here. So that's a pretty neat. So so St. Polycarp's got a neat connection then to to this particular parish. Um, and uh, he was the bishop of Smyrna. Smyrna was a, a, a city in Asia Minor, um, and uh, it was a pretty pretty wealthy, pretty active and important place. And uh, so he was responsible for a large uh, group of Christians in that area. And he lived to a great old age, um, 86 years old, and he was martyred. And so that's why we celebrate him as a martyr today with the red. And his uh, there comes down to us an incredibly important and valuable um, manuscript uh, written in Greek. It comes down to us uh, that is uh, an eyewitness testimony of his uh, martyrdom. So it's a very rare and precious uh, document. And in fact, the document, as it comes down to us, um, it's got all of these sort of addendums at the end, which are when the scribes throughout the centuries would copy it over. Sometimes the scribes would add their own little addendum that would say, and I copied this from blah, 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 blah. So, And then they would do that. Um, and one of the scribal testimonies at the end of the manuscript it says that um, Polycarp appeared to me in a dream and he told me to go to a certain place to find this manuscript and I went and I recovered it and it was almost completely destroyed and I was able to copy it over completely and preserve it and I don't know what exactly if that took place in the seventh century or I don't know but it took place in an ancient time it's very interesting because it almost disappeared and and the saint himself according to the testimony of one of the scribes, actually appeared to him and said, you know, go and preserve this manuscript. So it's a very, very important uh, and precious uh, document. And it's, it's beautiful, it's well-written, and uh, it has it's an eyewitness testimony of his martyrdom. Well, in any event, I think we see in the life of Polycarp a lot of uh, connections with our readings today. We have our first reading from the book of Syrac. And uh, Syrac says, um, Of forgiveness, be not overconfident, adding sin upon sin. Now we can be confident in God's mercy in that He, God wants to forgive us of our sins, but not unconditionally. He wants to forgive us of our sins if we repent. So there's a kind of a false, presumptuous mindset out there that says, well, you know, God's going to forgive me, so I'm going to go and sin. Okay, no, no, no. God's going to forgive you for your, if you repent, <laughs> not if you've dedicated your life to a life of sin. All right. So that's what Syrac is, is kind of um, getting at. And uh, there was another form of presumption that we see here in the life of Polycarp. Actually, at the time, there was a very great persecution brought against, this is around the year 155, okay? So it's right in the middle of the second century, and there was a great persecution, uh, part of the pagans against Christians in the city of Smyrna. And um, at that time, there were a number of Christians who were of the philosophy that, well, you know, it would be unbecoming of you as a Christian, you would be... Uh, negligent of your your duties if you were to uh, flee from persecution 
Uh, you shouldn't flee from persecution. In fact, if persecution breaks out, you should present yourself to the authorities and say, here I am, go ahead, martyr me. And uh, that, that's actually a false philosophy. Christ says if they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. Um, you, you submit to martyrdom only when it becomes very, very apparent that that is you know, what you have to do. And uh, martyrdom is a grace that's given to you, and it's not something that you can presumptuously just kind of go and seize for yourself. So there was a guy named Quintus, and it's, he's mentioned here in the life of uh, the martyrdom of Polycarp, guy Quintus, who did just that. And actually, so he turns himself in, and he says, you know, here I am, you know, get me, go ahead, kill me. And uh, he actually uh, reneged when he was put to the test. So what they were doing is they were threatening the Christians with death unless they um, swore on the tutelary guardian deity of the Roman emperor and offered sacrifice uh, to the gods or to the to the emperor. Basically, they're almost basically worshiping the emperor, the Roman emperor, as a god himself. And uh, the Christians, of course, couldn't do that in good conscience, and so um, they were killed because of that. But some Christians would would uh, be weak, and they would they would actually, you know, buckle and give in and offer the sacrifice and sin in that regards. Uh, but interestingly enough, you got this guy Quintus, who, in presumptuousness and going in his own strength, presents himself as a martyr, and he actually reneges at the last minute and he offers sacrifice. And so the narrator of the document says, don't do that. <laughs> and in contrast to what this guy did, Polycarp in humility actually fled the persecution, went out into a country farmhouse and hid, but eventually they did get him. And uh, before they got him, he, had, he was praying and he had a vision uh, that actually his, his pillow on his bed was on fire and he knew that there was a, a message to him from God that he was to be burned at the stake. And so he accepted that as a, actually with gratitude as a gift from God that martyrdom is, a, is one of the greatest gifts that can be given to a Christian. So the Roman soldiers came, they found him, he was arrested, he was uh, brought to this Colosseum area in Smyrna and, and uh, was, was going to be um, killed. Another lesson we learn here um, in the life of Polycarp is going against the majority opinion. So if we see in our psalm today, it says, Blessed uh, blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So that's the, that's the picture of the godly man or the godly woman who is able to... Uh, separate themselves from the majority, from the crowd, and walk the path. Sometimes it can be maybe a little lonely uh, as you walk the path of the minority, not the majority. Christ says many are those who go to the path of destruction. Few are those who go to the path of life. So uh, if you're following the majority opinion, probably you're not following the right path, especially when it comes to moral issues and religious issues. Um, and uh, we see that with Polycarp. Polycarp's brought into the, the arena, and it's one man. Now, there were some other very brave Christians who had were present, but it was really a handful of people. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of these pagans shouting and screaming for their death. And uh, the consul, this governor, this kind of uh, political um, authority, says to Polycarp, Polycarp, you know, denounce the, your, your, this newfangled religion that you're a part of, and uh, swear in the genius of Caesar, offer the sacrifice, and he says, you know, I ab- uh, no, I absolutely refuse, and uh, all the crowd is shouting, kill them, sh- kill the Christians, all this kind of stuff, and, and he's not intimidated at all. 
Um, so we see in the life of Polycarp someone who did not walk the, the path of the, of the sinners or the, follow the counsel of the ungodly, but he, he followed the, the Christian revelation. And then finally in our gospel, we see this very, you know, serious warning here on the part of our Lord who says, he's talking about hellfire. He says, you know, take extreme measures, uh, do whatever you need to do, uh, so that you can be saved and not get thrown into hell. And, um, really what you're doing there is you're keeping an eternal perspective on things. So often we let our perspective be limited to the here and the now. And when you do that, you get this kind of maybe a pleasure or some kind of guilty gratification. And you kind of like, okay, you seize on that. And you just sort of, whatever, you go with it. And you give in. You yield to the temptation. Uh, you're not really seeing the big picture. You're not seeing eternity. If you were to see things from eternity, you wouldn't do that, okay? Because uh, there are big eternal consequences, whether for good or for evil, in the choices that we make in this life. And there's a very awesome passage I'll read to you right here from the manuscript from the account of his martyrdom. Uh, the proconsul says, uh, I'll, I have wild beasts and I'll deliver you to them unless you change your mind about your, your religion. And Polycarp said, call for them. For change from better to worse is not allowed to us Christians, but it is good to change from evil to righteousness. And then the council said again to him, I will cause you to be consumed by fire if you despise the beasts, unless you change. But Polycarp said, You threaten with the fire that burns for a time and is quickly quenched, for you do not know the fire which awaits the wicked in the judgment to come and an everlasting punishment. So Polycarp here, able to keep that eternal perspective and uh, see that this fire that he's being threatened with is nothing compared to, to hellfire. And, um, and then what's great is it says, uh, and with these and many other words, he was filled with courage and joy and his face was full of grace so that it not only did not fall with trouble at the things said to him, but the proconsul on the other hand was astounded. So here he is, is actually the more bold he is in his profession of faith, the more strength and courage is given to him, and that is actually becomes evident and visible in his countenance and in his face. It's a beautiful thing. So he is uh, put on the, the, the um, stake, and he is burnt to death. Um, and there's some very interesting things that take place surrounding that, which I, I don't have time to get into. But today we celebrate St. Polycarp, and we ask for his intercession on our behalf that... Uh, we would not be presumptuous, but that we would have courage uh, in our profession of Christianity. We would not be afraid of going against the majority and that we would keep an eternal perspective on things.